0: Blog Talk Radio. Since everybody as always, we'd like to give you all a warm, warm welcome to today's show You are live on Science Talk Wednesday, hanging out with us on Her Story 2 Today's topic, we're going to be talking about mental health and COVID-19 I mean, there are several um, implications, impacts or causes of mental health and depression, suicide, know, thoughts and all that stuff um, and unfortunately, as much as we've had this for very long, a long time, it's, you know, it affects all countries, all ages, all communities, all societies globally. We have seen a surge in a lot of the things um, due to COVID-19. So we thought it would be nice to talk about this and especially since it's summertime and, um, you know, people are starting to, you know, find ways to have... A different kind of a summer vacation, let me put it that way, because here in Europe, although we can travel quite a bit, there's still a lot of restrictions or uncertainties. So a lot of people are just, you know, planning to travel within Denmark or, you know, not too far away, you know, maybe go to Norway. Um, I know a lot of people are slowing down on the Swedish border. <laughs> Sorry, Swedish side of things. Um, but then, you know, also going to Germany, I know that's quite popular. Um, yeah, and every country is very different in Germany, you know, if you're planning to travel all of you European listeners Remember if you're going to Germany, it's not like Denmark or the Nordic side of things. You must wear a mask. It is required um, When you're going into stores when you're going to most public places you are required to wear a mask um, If you're taking the train, I'm not sure how that works when you're crossing borders, but if you're flying I can tell you that you need to carry a mask, especially for our Danish listeners. You need to carry a mask because it is mandatory, um, because different European countries have different rules, okay? So just remember to have it, just have it with you, you know, just in case. You want to have a nice, smooth vacation, you know, with as little drama as possible. So for sure, I know many people are going to Germany, I can guarantee you 300% the mask are required okay so anyway everybody welcome welcome um, the calling number is 9294773564 is the number to call remember it's a U.S. number so if you want to call you have to remember to dial the U.S. country code and then dial 9294773564 the Skype option I don't think Block carries that anymore you'll ask me but I know it used to be there but I just don't see it anymore um, I would have seen it but it's just not there I mean, so yeah um yes yeah. it doesn't really work but um yeah if you want your you know for some of you i know i can send you the links and then you can call in that way but if you're using skype you will have problems because i don't think they do it anymore um that's why you're not able to get in okay so penny's here hey penny how are you doing good how are you i'm good how's your summer it's
1: getting busier and busier. I can't believe it. I can't believe the date. I can't believe all the things going
0: on. I can't believe the world. It's just an unusual year. Yeah, we're seven months in, going on eight. It's it's about to <laughs> wrap up.
1: <laughs> it feels like it's a decade. It's ridiculous. Going on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Yeah. I'm fine. Um, we're having a, yeah, you know, we love the sun here, but it's been raining and raining and raining, so, you know. That's summer yeah. for us, you know. We kind of look, you know, it yeah. comes down. But, you know, it's also nice for the plants and for the garden. At least they get a breather and, you know, they do get some rain. So that's nice. Yeah. Too. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, and it smells nice too, you know, when you open your windows and you can smell the rain. Yeah, I love definitely the smell does. of rain. Yeah. It's refreshing <laughs> and cool and, yeah, uh-huh. I love it too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. There's an upside. Yeah, Trish, I, I do like smell of Rain has a smell, Trish. <laughs> it does. Uh, maybe yes. it's a combination with the, with the nature, with plants and the flowers. But there's definitely a... Thank you, Penny. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I agree. Try and smell it. Yeah, try and smell it, Trish. It smells really nice. Yeah. So today we're going to be discussing mental health and coffee. I don't know about the U.S., Penny, but here in Europe, there's been a lot of discussions about this. And they're actually saying yeah. that they actually see this as something that, um, you know, the trends with the increase of mental health, they call it suicide mm-hmm. ideas. There's a word they use. Is it suicide ideas or ideas? Something like that. The specific
1: ideation they use.
0: Yeah. Ideation, yes. They use this word. Um, and um, depression, anxiety, all this, you know, mental health, emotional health, well-being related, um, you know, Challenges. They actually are saying that these are going to be long-term. Even after restrictions are lifted, um, they don't see the trauma um, actually subsiding without the right care, help, yeah. and support. And so I think sometimes we talk a lot about um, the COVID, the virus, you know, the physical mm-hmm. aspect of things, and we are forgetting the mental, emotional, psychological well-being side of things you know Um, children um, are very affected Um, definitely yeah yeah I can't even go into the extent to the things they were saying about how children are affected but they did mention something that really stood out is that it stood out to me and I don't know what stood out to you all listening so just type it in the chat but what they what stood out to me was the children who are maybe autistic or have learning, um, you know, special needs, disabilities, who are used to a routine and Mm -hmm. also whose parents are not equipped to teach them because they have special needs. They need a specialized teacher, maybe if you're dyslexic. You know, a lot of people make the assumption that parents can teach everybody, but some parents have children who have special needs that are beyond their comprehension. So they were talking about what are the options for, for example, a child who's autistic. The parents may not know how to teach their child who's autistic. Um, they do know how to cope at home, you know, have routines and things like that. And so these children are going through a lot because their routines have been broken and they have to readjust to new routines, which took years to develop. Um, and then, yeah different disabilities they talked about that and i thought that was quite interesting because a lot of times people are also talking about how will school look like what are the new you know how we're going to social distance the students you know the desk space it's always about the physical environment i don't see much talk about children with disabilities or autistic because they need more than just social distancing in the classroom you know what has been done for them. I, I don't I don't know enough about that. And that's one thing I think yeah. they talked a lot yeah. about. And the mental health implications, which are long-term, because, you know, apparently, and don't quote me on this, I was, I'm just paraphrasing, interpreting what I got out of it. Um, but they were saying that it takes several years to train an autistic child to be able to do work, learn, you know, cope at home, you know, it's 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 different. It takes years. And so now it, it will take another couple of years to retrain them. And that process is, can be very difficult for parents, for families, for their siblings. Because, you know, they scream, they shout. You know, it, I'm just saying on the surface, y'all, you know, it's not just, oh, you know, go yeah. to bed early, you know, do this. Yeah. Um, so I don't know about the U.S. I know here in Europe. I know also in Africa, there's a lot of things going on there as well. Um, with mental health as well, um, you know, and then of course you have people who are from more lower economic um, mm-hmm. um, brackets who depend on day-to-day um, trading. And because of so many restrictions, they're not able to trade. They're not able to get their supplies because most of them would buy their products from someone else and then sell them in the market. You know, they're trading. It's like, you know, and now they're not able to get their goods and sell them. So there's the emotional, mental, financial burden, which then increases the mental. So I thought that this is actually, you know, we know the physical precaution, but you need, you know, you need to have, you know, your mental health has to be, you know, tip top. And I'm not saying we all have it perfect, but in order for a society or a community to interact with each other in a cohesive, balanced way your mental health really matters a lot. You know, the way you treat each other, the way you communicate with each other, um, it really matters. And maybe you don't know it's happening, but you're just seeing people behaving differently. That's something you should observe and talk about. So I don't know, Penny, where you want to start it off? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it's, you know, what we're seeing here across the globe is it's a cascading of events. Right. Mm-hmm. So we tend to think about COVID and health issues. But yeah, you know, when you talk about the impact that it has on, on mental health, um and the person's well being is, you know, it's astounding. And you know, you were talking about the educational system and, and that's what we're struggling with here. Or one of the many things we're struggling with here in the United States is, you know, schools getting ready to open and there's no national plan and so a lot of school districts are trying to figure out what's a plan that makes sense for them that fits into the city and county and health regulations, but also fits with the state. So it's pretty chaotic. And I want to clarify, like, you know, I I know a lot of teachers in the educational system, and it's not that they don't want to go back, and it's not that kids don't want to go back. Um, I mean, believe me, the teachers want to be with their students, but it has to be a safe environment so that, you know, COVID isn't spread. Um, And so trying to balance that out with, with, um, you know, maintaining kids, uh, kids education and and you know, we haven't really talked about the impact of of kids with, with um, you know less resources like we know statistics show that kids with less resources lower income uh, you know that gap tends to increase in their education which is not a good gap right so a lot of people that have you know resources like house uh, wifi computer all of those things um, tend to fall behind not as far as uh, children of color or lower economic status. And that's what's really concerning because we know that, you know, during those formative years where people are getting their education, that those gaps can make a, you know, they can kind of, they can snowball as you get older and just put you further and further behind. And so, you know, a lot of uh, school districts, uh, well, they're required to um, provide uh, laptops for kids. You know, a lot of kids don't have laptops or computers. They just have their phones if if they're lucky to have phones. Um, or they don't have Wi-Fi, so we're seeing some really creative things where um, people are using uh, buses as Wi-Fi hubs, so the school is setting up a system, or the city is setting up a system where um, this, there's a bus put in their neighborhood that actually is a hotspot for Wi-Fi because kids need to be able to access uh, the information that that is um, important to their learning, so you know, all of these little things add up and, and can impact um, children's health and well-being, and I know, you know, you can think about really traumatic events that happened in your life when you were a kid, global events, and this is something that's going to stick with kids for a really long time and make a huge impact, so um, the, 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 the impact can be um,
0: really tremendous, and it, it, can, it can be devastating, and that's what we're seeing around the world yeah and and another thing as you're you're going through the list of some of the things that are actually affecting people's schools, the teachers and everything else, and the homeschooling you know resources that are available to some and not others. One thing that also we cannot ignore is your family. Um, if you come from a family that's in academia, they're excellent researchers, you know, they have a strong background in math or chemistry or physics, chances are they will be good for you. I'm just, and this is, I'm generalizing because maybe they're too busy with their work. Things do happen. I don't just give you the rubber stamp because you're an academic and you have that background. You're the excellent, perfect parent. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that if you were to come with a physics question, chances are they might be able to help you better than parents who maybe, you know, did not finish school, Or, you know, can't even read properly or write. There are also limitations, you know. So the assumption that everyone can homeschool, respectively, it's not true. You know, I've also talked to parents who have said, I don't even understand what these kids are learning. I I really don't know what they're doing. I I don't get it. And, of course, your, your automatic response is Google it. You know, why don't you then sit down with your child and learn together? You know, it gives an opportunity to bond, and it's okay if you look silly. It's probably fun for your child to see that they're smarter than you <laughs> in some cases. You know, it also helps you you be vulnerable but open with your child because you know some things, but you don't know everything, you know. However, there's levels to this, you know. Some parents have a really, you know, low education. Their children are studying some very high-level stuff, you know, um, and so, it's not the same. You know, it's not the same. And again, yes. the resources you have at home, um, you know, some people have access to research. basically because of their work. If you're researchers, you know, have access to unlimited journals in Google scholars and things like that. And some people have never heard of Google scholars or, or, you, know, or, or you know, or journals, you know. I, I'm so serious, mm-hmm. y'all. It's not a joke. We can't assume. I think people are just assuming parents, homeschool here's the work do it it doesn't work like that a lot of these children if you talk to them they're on their own they're doing their work by themselves there's not much help from their teachers as they would have if they were in the classroom you know you can just call your teacher raise your hand you know meet your teacher after class and say I don't understand this can you help me with this you know can I you know what I mean it's different you know it's different and so You know, we have to really think about that. And, um, but you know, like, you know, it's difficult. Yeah. You know, it's difficult. And you think about it. Yeah, because of the way the classrooms are set up. Yes. Penny, go ahead. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And and you think about, you know, there are a lot of families that are undergoing a lot of financial stress,
0: um, Mm -hmm. meaning
1: they don't have the resources to feed their kids, to pay the electricity. They, Mm -hmm. if they're not, didn't become homeless in the past couple months. They're very close to being homeless. And so you think about a kid uh, with all of these things going on. There could be health issues. There could, you know, be first responders in the family. That's a lot of stress. And when you look mm-hmm. at um, the priority list in the, in the family, those are pure survival needs. And so your homework, uh, you know, comes last, and mm-hmm. rightfully so, because you're just trying to exist. And so that's where, you know, you really see the difference in the economic gap with how well people are going to um, come out of this. Uh, uh-huh. so there, there are a lot of moving parts.
0: A lot. And, and I don't know if it's the same in the U.S. I know this is the same in Europe and in Africa because I've talked to both sides. There is an increase in calls on their hotlines for domestic abuse, suicide, um, just emergency. Mm-hmm. Those, they are super busy right now, apparently, This is insane. It's by one uh, one person actually quoted 200% increase. What kind of an increase is that? We already had an epidemic of domestic violence before COVID, you know, you know, this kind of thing, suicide, you know, emergency hotline. And now it has increased. So I think on the surface, we are seeing COVID. We're seeing the health discussion. Everyone is talking about physical stuff. But on the back end, the things we cannot see, which we can kind of see, they're playing out in social media. <laughs> if you have half a brain, you can see that. But we are not just seeing people at their best behavior because it's just nothing happens in isolation. So maybe we are also seeing something that we should take a closer look, you know, just a yeah, closer look. We, yeah. You know,
1: we we know that, you know, being in lockdown, you if you're in an abusive situation, that that will hmm. be amplified because you are – approximately closer to your abuser. Um, And I saw something, I'm trying to remember, Faith, that was in the U.K. There was a system Mm -hmm. uh, that they created where somebody could have a a specific word. And if you Mm -hmm. were to go to the pharmacy, because, you know, if you're with somebody and they're abusive and you say, I would go to the pharmacy, you're not really going to be questioned. But they had a code word. I wish I could remember. And this code word, if they were to go to the pharmacy and tell the pharmacist, would... Um, relate to the pharmacist that they are in need of help for domestic abuse. And so thing about, somebody, this is really think about
0: good. A- amplified
1: stress. Yeah. And, and so it was giving people tools to reach out because you can't reach out because you're with somebody all the time that's abusing you. Um, and so that, that was something interesting. And, and it's just, it's good practice to check on your neighbors. Um, you know, yeah. I, I hear from my teacher friends and students yeah they're terribly depressed um it doesn't really matter the socioeconomic background and and teachers are depressed That's because they want to teach it's true they want exactly. to be with their students mm-hmm. yeah and and so it's it's really it's really complicated but um so reach out to people and, and um yeah it's a really tough time so
0: and, yeah, uh, yeah. It, and it's, it's a, a really, really tough, tough time, time. and You all, please remember, you really have to put your best foot forward. I totally am a believer that if the people around you have a healthy lifestyle, you benefit from it. So it's it's also your responsibility to create healthy environment. It's not your neighbor's responsibility. It's your responsibility as well and their responsibility as well. Because sometimes people say, yeah, but why do you even do those things? Why do you help those people? Because if you don't help these low-income neighbors, their children, their families, guess what? You're going to see that grown child who's grown up with lack seeing you. You know, people get hurt by seeing, you know, seeing others do well and they work the hardest. And so they they tend to do things that are outside of their, their, their nature, you know? And so, you know, people don't steal your television if they have a television. And I'm not condoning it, but I'm saying that when you've been in a place where, you know, maybe those domestic violence happening in your home, guess what? That's what you're learning. You know, you, it can go two ways. You can decide, I will never, ever, 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 and consciously make a choice not to do it. On the flip side, you could actually think that is normal. You know, if you talk to a lot of abusers or people who get yeah. abused or raped, they will tell you. Even a lot of the women who are trafficked, do you know, and I'll be generous with this number, maybe 80%, but I was going to say 90%, were abused by their, even their father.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so they had a sense of, you know, these things, They. Do, it's not like you can take an eraser and erase bits of your life. they are they're foot, footprints in your in your, in, your, in your body, in your DNA, in your brain, you know. And so they feel vulnerable and they're, you know, when somebody shows them even a little bit, a little, just an ounce of compassion and love, they're God. So yeah. remember that a lot of the things we are looking at, never look at somebody and think they're crazy because let me tell you, I've seen it. There's nothing that happens in isolation and everything comes from somewhere, Okay, so, either you were taught this, somebody taught you this, somebody told you this was correct, it's okay, and as a child, you know, you're going through the motion of things, and so if the person abusing you cares about you, and I'm talking about because of mental health, you know, we're talking about mental health, this is very broad, you know, it could be from abuse, verbal abuse, you know, that causes you to to deal with, you know, that causes a traumatic experience in your brain, you know, people... Maybe physical abuse, you know, maybe just neglect, you know. Nobody cares in the house. Like Penny said, they're busy with other things. You're just there in the corner like you don't exist, you know. You eat When you eat, nobody is even focused on you. You could leave the house and not come back for two days. They wouldn't know you're missing, you know. There's a lot of neglect, you know. If you look at right now in Kenya, there, there are so many young girls who are pregnant. Hundreds of thousands. So I don't want to go into why that has happened, but don't tell me they come from homes where people were completely, and I'm judging a little bit, I know, but when you're really keen on your children and your daughters, you're so, you know, you're really, you're zooming on them, especially during COVID, where are they going? You know, but again, I have to be careful with my judgment because the abuse could have happened in the home where you think they're supposed to be safe, you know? And so, You know, this thing, can you imagine those girls who are pregnant, Penny? They're as young as 10 years. 10 years. Have you seen a 10-year-old child? 10-year-old girl. They're younger than our girls. Some are the same age. Those girls are tiny. Tiny. They're like a feather. And now they have babies. These are lifelong implications. They have given birth. And if you see the conversation, how it's happening, they're being blamed. The girl, 10 year old girl, I've been told she should have known better. That's the conversation happening. Okay. And so when we're talking about mental health, I don't even want to go to the degree of the trauma this girl has faced. She's probably oblivious to it even at 10. She doesn't know what has happened. It's a big truck that has hit her, you know? So this yeah. COVID, it's, it's crazy. And, and I can also, I can't make an assumption as to why it could have happened. A lot, a lot of it has to do with economy, economics. You know, they come from families who, who may be a and they, they, they just don't have. And so this girls were lured or coerced or tempted and told, I'll buy you this. I'll buy you some food for your family if you do this. And a 10-year-old, you know how children are. Children they're always thinking of their parents and people they love and they want to do something great for the parents without knowing what it is she's even doing. I I bet you she has no, it's beyond her comprehension. She didn't even know what she was doing. And we're not talking one girl or four girls, we're talking 100,000 almost. Think of that number. Yeah. This is a whole generation now of You know how we've been working hard about women empowerment, the girl child. Now I feel like we have to backseat again and reevaluate what is the program going to look like in 2021? Because now your girls are coming back to school and they're mothers at 10. It's insane. Yeah. This is a real, so, COVID has done some really serious things. Um, and I'm not blaming the virus. It's the, you know, the, 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 what do you call it? You know, the result of the lockdown, financial strain, the economic system almost, you know, in some communities, complete total collapse. You know, um, here in Denmark, actually, you know, there's a street where I purse every morning when I go to work and five of the stores have closed. That's a lot. I just see them closing. They, you know, they're out of business. Closed. You know, this was stores that we loved, you know. They were doing so well. You know, there were these, You know, if you've been to Europe, um, they have these little tiny stores, you know, like just these little cute shops, you know, where you go in and you, you buy this little nice gift thing. You know, it's very unique, you know, or this woman makes her own stuff from glass. You know, you can see her, you know, designing the glass bracelet by herself, the ring, these stores are closed. She can't sustain herself. Gone, bankrupt. So, yeah, you don't want to know. She's also dealing with the trauma because I know it's been there for a long, long time. She's loved, and this because I know some of these women, they're so passionate about what they do. Like it's her life. Like, you know, when you walk in there, she's like, "No, no, no! I can make a difference for you." you know, this is somebody who has so much passion. Like. It's not just a business for her. You know, she's like, no, 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 no. Let me do it like this. Look at this. You know, check this out. Have you seen my new this? you know? She's not just selling. It's not a sales pitch, you know? And so she's definitely also dealing with mental health issues, the trauma, the loss of something you've built and done every day, you know? And so I think we, we have to be careful now because we don't know who we are talking to. And you know, don't just go around trying to poke at people because you don't know what they're going through. You know, now is the time I think to be very sensitive when you're around people because not everyone has their story written on their forehead. You know, if you were talking to this woman who just lost her, her business, you know, people are getting divorced, from right, left, left, right, center, and you're just making jokes about COVID and oh, you know, blah. blah, blah. It's not the time. Just really think about what you say. You know, be very aware of your environment. And I think, you know, I'm just saying, because you don't know what people are going through, but definitely they're going through something. Yeah. You know. yeah, yeah, and, you know,
1: so I sent you the article that I found about um, using the code words in France and Spain. It's mask 19 if you go to the pharmacist. And then Australia oh. also has some other things. And I wanted to give people uh, just a couple of, of uh, tips to how, you know, we're all isolated and some of us is, you know, a really terrible situation in terms of domestic abuse. Um, You know, easy ways to reach out to somebody, you know, and also families that have uh, less resources. You know, if you grow a garden and you have um, extra food, um, take them a food basket, um, make them extra sandwiches, you know, any little bit that you can do um, helps. And it also maintains that human connection. And we know, as we've talked about DNA and evolution and and how we are as human beings, is having that social connection is really, really important for our mental health. So those are just really simple, inexpensive uh, ways that you can reach out to somebody with excess produce, um, bringing them flowers, just walking by, maintaining that connection. And, again, I'm always going to say social distance, six feet at least, and wear a mask. Um, But those are ways that you can connect with the people around you so that they feel less and less isolated because, you know, We're not over this, and we're not going to be over it for a while. But for those of us that can uh, lend a hand, whether that is something tangible or or emotional support, we need to do that because that's what people are really needing, which is why we're seeing such a mental health crisis. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to share that with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, go outside. Just go outside. Even if it's for 10, 30 minutes a day, go outside. It will help you. It will help you drag yourself outside (laughs) and just go outside. And if you live next to a park, go and take a walk. Nature has a way of helping you. Try it. I'm telling you, exposure to nature can boost your mood. It sounds like a cliche ad, (laughs) but it's true. You know, go outside. And like Penny is saying, check in with others. Because remember, a lot of times people think that, oh my God, you know, she's so quiet. What's going on in her? She might actually be going through hell.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're waiting
0: for her to check on you, and she cannot even, you know, she doesn't have the energy to pick up the phone.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and it, it means the world. And, you know, I'm sure Faith, yeah. you have friends of yours that you've seen are having some serious mental health issues as you, as we go through this as a global community. And I mean, I have seen it with friends that I never expected that I would see it. Not that you can kind of expect or predict those things. Um, and so I just kind of have it tuned into the back of my mind to continue to have uh, regular contact with them. And if you have the ability to do uh, a video call, again, you know, that just bumps up the um, ability to connect to somebody to see their face. And I have some friends yeah. of mine that actually, like, or like, I'm not turning on my video, and I know they're having a hard time, and I tell them, like, come on, man, you got to turn on your video. Um, because those are things, those are simple things that we don't think make a big difference, but to the person that's suffering, it really makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, we've gotten into the habit of turning on our videos because, you know, you know before it was just like, you know, I don't really care for that. But now with COVID, I see the importance of you turning on your video because it's not like, you're, you know, if you, before you're going to see the person tomorrow. You know, or you're going to see them in the course of the week. So it doesn't really matter. But now we have different routines, you know, we're working from home, you know, and so you might not see them, you know, when you go into the office, you know, you might really not see them. It might not be the day they're going in, you know, because, you know, everyone is on different schedule. (laughs) It's a whole different thing going on here. And so, you know, it's important. I see the importance of you turning on your video. And trust me, we're not, it's not a makeup tutorial. We don't really care how you look, you know. Um, you can be in your pajamas. We're all doing it. So get over yourself. You know, it doesn't matter. um so just turn it on. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're like, oh, you know, you can see me like that. We don't care. Seriously. Yeah. You know, we really don't, um, you know. Yeah.
1: You You made me think of a couple of, of uh, important things to bring up uh, as you were speaking. And so I wanted to share those as well. Um, things to kind of look for in your friends and family and colleagues that are indicating that they're having a hard time. I think this is really important. Um, when people tend to withdraw, whether that's email, phone, video, um, those are signs that people are having a hard time. They're trying, they're in, internalizing, withdrawing, isolating themselves, and we know that's not a good thing, and that's that's um, a, an indicator that that mental health is is being impacted. The other thing is, is if you talk to them, listen to key words, right? If they feel um, frustrated, or hopeless, or um, really discouraged about a lot of things, if they, you know, talk about harming themselves, that definitely ups the problem, right? So you need to reach out to them um, immediately and get help. And it's important to tell people, um, it's important to tell people this anyway, but especially people that are having a hard time is. You know, I I, I care about you. I'm I'm excited that we get to talk. Um, I can't wait to talk to you next week. Um, And those are kinds of things that anchor people that you're talking to, to let them know that somebody cares about them, that you're reaching out. And, you know, you don't have to solve everybody's problem, right? What people Um, really want is just for you to listen. And so those are kind of basic things that you can provide for somebody. And it really makes a huge impact. You know, I've I've practiced this throughout my life. And people will will tell me, like, oh, Mary, this really meant the world to me. And so things to look out for, like what I just said, and then how to sort of respond. You don't have to have the answers, but just to show them that you support them, you care about them, and they mean a lot,
0: goes a really long way. Yeah. And one thing I can also add to what Penny is saying, if you're the Penny, the friend who's checking, and you're the one whose people are checking on, reciprocate. Reciprocate. Yeah. Because relationships are not a one-way street. When you send messages to people and they don't respond, that is feedback you're giving them. Even if you're going through something, remember, we also have to respect your space and we have to also respect you. And so sometimes people genuinely need space, you know. But I'm thankful that I'm around people who can actually tell me, you know, face right now, it's so crazy, I just need space. So I'm going to be MIA for like the whole week and then we'll catch up, you know, coffee, you know. And so that's good because you communicate that. But some people just keep quiet. They're going through their own thing and you don't have a crystal ball. So you have to also give them space. So it's important to reciprocate, to acknowledge that the person is doing something that you appreciate. Like when Penny said her friends tell her, Mm -hmm. you know, that makes such a good difference. It's also feedback for Penny that, Okay, I'm not intruding. I'm not overstepping. You know, I'm in a good place. She sees that I'm not trying to solve her problems. I'm not the fixer here. I'm just being a friend. So, by you saying Mm -hmm. certain things, you give feedback that it's okay. Because remember, nobody wants to pry. Nobody wants to be that nosy friend who wants to be all up in your business. And so, it's important for you to share what you want to share within your limits and your comfort zone. And allow your friend to also be a good friend and a good friend means she might tell Mm -hmm. you things that you don't want to hear it's not too hard to communicate to your friend and say look you don't have any business telling me that I'm so thankful I have people who talk like that they're like you cannot tell me that right now (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay I'll take that back because you have to know that when we communicate I might say you know I might say you know what come on just get up today And the other person hears you saying, she thinks I'm lazy. Trust me, you might say one thing and people hear something else. So if Mm -hmm. you're the one being told something, it's important to communicate and reciprocate, you know, to give people feedback, you know. Um, So somebody did something, maybe you're not the best communicator, you don't like to be caught up in your feelings, bring her an ice cream. Okay, bring her a favorite plant. That's feedback. We can do Mm -hmm. it in so many different ways, you know, drop by her office, you know, on a day, you know, she'll be going in and put something nice on her desk, you know, Mm -hmm. and keep it pushing. There are different ways you can actually give people feedback, but feedback is important. That's how friendships end. That's how people don't get the help they need because by you maybe telling Penny, you know, come on, this is beyond you. It's not just about me feeling good. You know, she might say like trigger words, then Penny knows that, okay, Maybe it's time for me to talk to that friend of mine who's a psychiatrist who actually knows more about this situation because she's telling me it's more than da-da-da-da-da. It's not just about, you know, she Mm -hmm. can actually take the appropriate step to help you or to support you as a good friend. And remember, you also have to reciprocate because Penny's also, she's human too. And, you know, she might be having a bad day at work. You don't know because you're caught up in your business. It's also good for you to call her and say, hey, honey, is, how is that thing going? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe she had yeah. a crazy day. The experiment backfired, and she's been doing it for five years. It's not a good day, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she was yeah. and, me and, you know me, there goes your job. You know, so come yeah. on, check on it, reciprocate. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's also really, really important when you're talking to somebody that's uh, you know, it's a good practice as a friend, but it's, it's especially important to keep in mind when you're talking to people that are going through a really tough time and having some mental health issues, don't be judgmental, right? People having mental health crises tend to not think very highly of themselves. And so if I turn around and judge them like, you didn't do that, and you didn't do that, and why didn't you do that, and you know, that's just going to amplify their internal feelings that are negative towards themselves. And so it's really key to not judge should just listen um, and a lot of times I know for me I want to fix the problem so I'll be like do this, do that, do that and then, and I'm like oh well that's really just kind of being judgmental so just sit with somebody listen, acknowledge that you're listening and let them know that you care
0: yeah yeah but I think Penny is also good with the fixers, they, they also have a role to play, I have people who are fixers and half the time I'm like oh my goodness, good lord why didn't I think of that, you know Sometimes it's so yeah. helpful to have these fixes. Because
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, I agree. Then you're like, oh, this same is a same solution. Same
0: thing. Like, they're like, yeah. you can just get that from the store downtown. Come on, just go get that. I'm like, I thought I had to get it all the way from, I don't know where and where, you know? And, you know, I'm like, this, yeah. this is not going on. This order takes forever. And they're like, come on. But then you, there's, the same thing, what do you want it to do? I'm <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I wanted to do A, B, C, yeah. D. And they're like, well, this can do the same thing. It's just that you get it from the store. I appreciate fixers and because I know where they're coming from. They're not trying yeah. to fix you. They're just sharing their thought process, just ideas of how you can do it. Remember, they don't put a gun to you yeah. and say, you must do it like this. But I, I I, Y'all, I'm biased here. I love fixers. I do. Because, they, you know, they run their mouth so fast. They're like, do, 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 do. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Half the time, I'm usually like, that was just right in front of my nose. I didn't see it. Okay. Yeah. Move on. I, I, I like love fixers. fixers Please be fixers. Yeah. I like Don't to change being a fixer. So yeah, I love. Yeah. I love fixers because, and I think <laughs> they are not everyone's cup of coffee, but when you know, well, when you understand a fixer, you love them. Let me tell you. And the, they give you the craziest ideas too, but they're good. <laughs> yeah. And their intentions you know, I, are good. You know, they
1: fixers. want to make things better. Yeah. Totally agree.
0: And and they're not judging. On that one, because n- no, they're not judging. I, judgment is not in the the fixes I know they're not judgment not judgmental at all. Because half the time the things they're recommending are things they think could work. Genuinely. They think, yeah. no, think what could work. Yeah, this they could help. work. I'm telling this could work. Try it. And I'm like, have you tried yeah. it? She's like, No, but I can see it. <laughs> Yeah. And I've tried some of the things. They haven't tried, and it's worked. 80%. So I, I, I have, I, I can, y'all, I, I'm a, a, you know, what do you call it in church? I can give a testimony. Don't look at fixes as people who are judging you, people who think that you don't know any better, people who are condescending, all these words that you give people who might have a solution. Some people are just really quick thinkers. They think on their feet. And sometimes they also, how do I put it? Um, If you know them very well, they know you very well. And so they know how Faith does things. And so when I say this, they're like, yeah, Faith, you always forget that. You Try that, (laughs) you know. And so it's kind of nice to have that, you know. For me, it's always been beneficial. And I think that, you know, that's not I would never say that's a negative because to be honest, sometimes you all, we need solutions. And yeah. sometimes you just have to get it fixed, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if someone has five different ideas of how you could fix it, it's up to you still to decide. And remember, you don't have to take it 100%. You can take 70% of the idea. I've done that. I don't always take the full idea. I can take aspects of it. I'll be like, I don't know about that bit, but this bit I could try. Let me think about that. Yeah. You know? Kind of and like so, and the- then you could, yeah. It exactly. And you can also do what they're suggesting in an incremental way where you start with a little bit and then you see where that goes and then you try a little bit more and you're like, This is actually working, you know? I'm gonna keep going with this. So, you know, don't you know, don't I would say don't um don't, just don't look at it and say, Oh, you know, they know everything, they're you know, they know it all. Um no, I don't think they know it all. I think you can listen and then you can make a decision based on what is good for you. Um, and if they know you well enough, it's just a point you can actually trust. It. You know, after one or two times or three times, you realize, okay, there's something they know. <laughs> you, just, you know, you tried once too many. You're like, okay, I get her now. You know, she knows yeah. you know, She knows me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Penny was also talking about, um, oh, by the way, Penny, I saw the, the article, Mask 19 is the Code in France. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. That's a good
0: code, actually. Mhm. and I think if you're listening in parts of um, Asia, Middle East, I know you have listeners from there, and Africa, and, and you know, and you work in this field because I know some of you do, maybe you can actually do something within your environment and have like a code. And I know one place you can use, sorry, you can use this code is the church. The church is popular in Africa, you know. And I know right now people cannot congregate, you know. I know that's not happening soon in Kenya for sure. But I know that um, you have this, is it online groups that you meet and have the service? Like, I know, Facebook groups, I know they're using that. Um, So maybe you have a friend or somebody you can talk to and give them the code, you know. Because sometimes, you know, it helps to talk to strangers and family. Um, And I know why people do that. I'm going to tell you from a perspective of having worked with women who've been abused. Sometimes you have family members who don't want to believe it, and they even call the the husband and the abuser and try and talk him down. And that puts you in more trouble. I understand why sometimes people prefer to go to strangers. You know, we also say that even if your family members are counselors or therapists, it's not always advisable to go to them because Mm -hmm. there's going to be a bias and they're already, they're having brunch with you on every Sunday or Sunday roast. And then you're the therapist. It doesn't work. I'm judging (laughs) today. I'm judging a little bit, but I'm just saying from what I have seen over the years and best practice and things that have been harmful, you know, some women have actually gotten into bigger trouble with their family members trying to intervene and Mm -hmm. what she went for help and the family members thought it was a good idea to call the husband and say, you know, why are you abusing her? Why are you beating her? And then she was not supposed to expose him like that to the family members who thought he was an upstanding citizen, you know, a pillar of the community. And so he's embarrassed, he's ashamed, and has injured her with permanent disabilities now. Yeah? Hmm. Yeah. And so I understand why these codes are there, and I understand why sometimes it's important to go to a stranger for your therapy or your counseling and also to get help from neutral parties. That's all I'm saying. That's why I'm saying maybe the church, a neutral party. Yeah. Yeah, The church also sometimes, you know, they can get too much into your business with the wrong way. I've seen that happen too. They say, Oh, you know, let's pray with your husband. Let's reach out to him. And then it has the, the opposite effect. So I personally would say, you know, neutral parties, just keep it neutral, neutral, neutral. Um, Yeah, and then also another thing that uh, when we're talking about mental health and abuse and, you know, all these kind of things, do not confront your abuser. Don't believe what you see on television. Leave the movies to the movies. Do not confront your abuser and tell them all the things you're going to do to them. Don't do that. And do not threaten them, do not think that you can stand up to them. You know, the movies tell you all stand up to him and tell him that you're leaving, don't do that. Try, I know sometimes you need to get strength, but try to be level-headed, even if it's difficult. If you know this is the last stroke, you know, work your way to the last stroke, prepare yourself economically, save some money, have a good friend, tell her about what's going on, make sure she's somebody who you can really trust, you know, talk about you maybe living in her home or help, you know, getting an apartment, get your apartment, start to get yourself organized and then talk to neutral parties. So, you know, they know what's happening and then leave in peace. Because remember people who abuse you or men who abuse you, it's about power and control. And when you are telling them to their face that you are able to relinquish their power and control on you, they react in a way that you are not going to be able to predict because they're used to controlling and abusing you, the same with rape cases. They'll rape you and do things, you know, it's about power and control, oh, I'm sorry, or, you know, we've seen all that. We know how it happens, you know, because they go through the grooming and then they go through psychological, you know, maneuvering and then they got you. And then, you know, that's why women cannot leave. So when you've mastered the strength to leave, it's a shock to them because they've put in all this work for years, and you are not going to be able to predict how they're going to react. Yeah, and it might not be right. It many women have died because you watch television and you say, you know, I'm tough, I'm strong. You don't need to do all that. You need to prepare yourself financially, economically. You need to have two or three close friends who know what you're doing and can be trusted. You need to find a place to live that is safe and secure. And then you slowly just leave. Avoid any confrontations and trying to tell, you know, when I walked out there, I gave a piece of my mind. You might might get more than that piece of your mind taken away. And if you don't believe me, you can ask some of, you know, ask women who have done this. You know, I'm a woman of a certain age. I've seen this play out many times. Men will harm you in a way you never imagined. Okay. And then you can also look at the acid um, treatment, you know, you know, torture that women in India go through.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So it's not a joke. When you decide to leave uh, mental, domestic, uh, violence, abusive relationship or anything, you have nothing to prove to anybody but to yourself. You've already garnered enough strength. Live in peace and have a plan. But
1: yeah, you don't have to yeah, a lot of yell. These,
0: mm-hmm. a, a lot of
1: these times there are children that are observing this interaction, right? And so if you want to, if you think you want to counteract with saying something, doing something, whatever, you know, countering violence with violence is never the solution. And that's definitely not a message that you want to teach your kids because they've already seen you be beaten and they don't need to see you beat on your abuser, right? That's not the message you want to send. You want to send that message that you're coming from strength and power and control
0: in a good way. So just think about the eyes that are watching this situation. Mm-hmm. And also think about the, your well-being. You especially if you have children, think about the well being of you and the children after you leave. You know, you have to think of your long term goals, yeah, you know? not in the present and be in your emotional state. Women have lost their life, don't believe you know, a woman. I'm not saying you're not strong or you can't fight, I'm just saying what I have seen is. You believe sometimes what's on television and you practice it in your house and now you're in a wheelchair, your spine is injured. I've seen it. That has created a complication with your whole plan. Yeah. So don't feel that I have to live out. In spite. Don't do all that. Don't look at all these high and mighty stories you see online. Be rational. Be balanced. Have a plan. Let it be gradual Another thing that, you know, when I'm working with women, I always tell them, don't change your habits. Be consistent because when these men are about control and power and manipulation, when they see you starting to act different, you don't know how they will react. They already beat you because the food was oversalted salted or laid on the table. What do you think he's going to do when you tell him you're leaving him? Smile. Come on, ladies. And I know you're all listening. Come on, be smart and be balanced because I want you all to be well and I want you all to go and have your new life just in a very healthy environment where you have peace of mind and you have all your faculties. Yeah, okay. And I don't want you to have to deal with acid like the Indian women or, you know, have to deal with broken limbs, you know, an eye that is already patched up. Come on. You know, glasses have been broken on the heads of women. She had to go for plastic surgery for almost a year. I've seen it. So you don't have to prove a point. You don't know how people will behave. That's one thing I can guarantee you. Human beings are unpredictable. And especially these abusive men. They're very dangerous. Especially when you are relinquishing their power and control over you. Yeah. Don't test, him. definitely. Be smart. And so we're, we have five minutes left on the show, everybody. We are also going to take a summer break. That's how we roll. <laughs> we're all about that life.) <laughs> we're going to choose a place to go and take a. We we'll believe in taking breaks. You know, um, We also structure our work days like we were in the office, so we make time to walk and eat and stretch and call our friends. <laughs> yeah. And and walk and you know, yeah. and go and hang out with nature and check on our neighbors as well. You know, and we make yeah. time for all that stuff, so we're going to take it a notch higher and have a little summer break. <laughs> but you have certain shows you can listen to, we're going to upload some of them also on YouTube so you can watch them there as well. Listen to them. I keep telling you, all, going to the archives sometimes I think we even forget what we're, we've said, but somebody actually mentioned, yeah, we talked about Penny they had been listening to an old show where we're talking about friendology, friendship.
1: Oh, yeah. And they yeah. were
0: saying, oh, this was a cool show you all had about friendship. And I was like, oh, what did we say? <laughs> <laughs> we covered it all. <laughs> so you Henrietta know what? Henrietta actually get Body, Friends. Yeah, the morgue. Yeah. Somebody told me, what's this about? For world? our
1: early days. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so trust me, we've earned our vacation, y'all. And you know, um yeah. so, telling me all these nice things you said about friendship. Good tip. Ari, I don't know what we said. I can't tell you what we said. I've no clue. I have to listen to it again. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that one now we'll put on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, Penny yeah, I'll let you have the last one. Everybody Shaz loves you all, but she Shaz has already bounced. She's on vacation. She's I'm not gonna say where she's going. <laughs> but yeah, she didn't yeah, in Europe though. Yeah, yeah, and wherever she's going, she probably she's she's definitely going to be wearing a mask. <laughs> so I've kind of told Good. you where she's going. <laughs> yeah, if you're in Europe, you kind of look out where Europe. She's going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Penny, I'll let you have the last word.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it, it's been great these past couple of months. It's been nice. One of the constants that we've had is that we all meet on Wednesday and we have a conversation and having that constant is very reassuring. Um, And we appreciate all of you guys listening in challenging us, asking questions, giving us ideas, and, uh, you know, working through this global pandemic um, together. And so we are all a global community. We're in this together and um, it's not going to end anytime soon. And I do want to remind you guys, we still need to take this seriously and do our due diligence and wear a mask and socially distance and wash our hands. I'm not going to stop saying that. Um, But it's been fantastic, and we will be back shortly. Um, So tune in. Yeah.
0: So, everybody, we absolutely appreciate you. We only share our experiences. You know, I'm a woman of a certain age, and I try to do my best to stay balanced. I hope I achieve that. Um, if I sound like I'm judging, trust me, I'm not. But sometimes I've seen it too—you know—I've seen this movie too many times, you know. And so I feel confident to share this with you all. That's the only reason why sometimes I'm so adamant about it because I have seen it too many times. So, take care of your children, you know, give them a hug, let them know they're not just part of the furniture because you don't know what's going on with them. Um, appreciate each other, um, check on your neighbors, especially if they're elderly. Yeah. Um, I just Definitely. talked to one of my neighbors, and she just told me the saddest thing. She actually said that a couple of her friends have died. She just mentioned yeah. it. Like, in passing, really? she said, you know, I'm so tired. If I get one more news that somebody, one of my friends has died, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just so tired of it. And I just thought about how hard that is. Because remember, there's also yeah. restrictions on funerals and just visiting or you know, going to hospitals and things like this. The people did yeah. not die with a bed full of their friends. So it's been mm, very hard for a people. So yeah. she just said it in passion because, you know, she just made a comment and said, oh, you know, I'm just so tired of this. You know, and she said, you know, at our age, you know, this is just what we expect, but it's a bit too much right now. You know? Yeah. yeah. So Take check care on of your friends. Either. Yeah. Check on your neighbors. Penny, thank you so much. We've had so much fun. Have a lovely, lovely summer. Thank we you. Have our... yes, you as well. And we'll miss yeah. you guys and come back. Yeah. we we'll yeah. But, you know, we'll talk. <laughs> Share some cool articles in our That's little, great. you know, chatty chatty section of the internet. Yeah. WhatsApp corner. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay, everybody, take care, Trish. Care. Have a good one. Have fun. Christina And all the in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You'll do thank. well. Trust me, you'll do well. And keep an, a positive mindset.
1: Okay. Yeah. And change
0: Try the world. Yeah. Definitely change the world and be optimistic about things, y'all. Y'all watch The Secret. Yeah. <laughs> you watch The Secret. <laughs> remember? You know, Penny, people forgot The Secret. Y'all watch The Secret by Arna Somebody. That book was a big hit The Law of Attraction. So if you want good, okay. you, do, you give good. That's how it works. Get what you put right. out. <laughs> okay, everybody. Let's go change the world. All right, have
1: a good one. Okay.
0: Bye bye